Blog Talk Radio. Before we thought that things would work out in the end, but friends are not friends and enemies are so close to me. I don't know who you supposed to be. So contemplate that before approaching me. Hey, fool, run that shit the fuck back, man. Made hustler, top of the line. I'm 
representing my mans on the block. The chopper working move, grams on the block. White cedar, city cat cock. 40 on the waist, 22 on the side. Who would have thought shorty grow up to sell rock? And finally be the man on his own spot. Learn a trick with a glass jar. The hottest radio network on the planet. High frequency radio network. Sync up.
would like to welcome you to another episode of The Foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. Peace, y'all. I trust everyone is doing well. And definitely, definitely, thanks for joining me tonight, this evening, this morning, this afternoon. I guess it all depends. High Frequency Radio Network. And this is the foundation. But you understand, incorrect information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. Correct information, incorrectly applied can get you hurt. So we're looking to apply correct information correctly. You on the foundation. I do want to start off by saying all praises, thanks, honors due to the Creator and the ancestors. For without them, we would not be here. I want to say, as always. Peace, big up, and salute to, you know, Big Brother Yusuf L, HighFrequencyRadioNetwork.com, extraordinaire, creator, doing the thing there, as always, you know, give it up to the Big Brother, always have to. Definitely, welcome to TheFoundation.com, email list subscribers picking up really easy to go to welcome to the foundation.com right there on the first page type your email into that box and hit the button I appreciate it welcome to the foundation.com got PDFs on there too get your learn on it never hurts I do want to say peace the live listeners, all the live listeners, peace to you. Definitely got steady live li- listeners on the foundation. I want to say peace to all the live callers. You know, new live callers, old live callers, OG live callers. Peace to all the internet listeners, those listening by way and VIA, the internet, the interweb. Peace to all the archive listeners. A lot of us still working, making ends meet, putting the pieces together so that we can move to a better position. Those individuals usually tend to check out the archives, which is which is much appreciated. Shout out to y'all. So I want to say peace to the archive listeners, all your podcasts, podcast, podcast, MP3 sharers. You, know, you can download each episode from High Frequency Radio Blog Talk site. You know, I think it's blogtalkradio.com forward slash High Frequency Radio or High Frequency Radio Network. I don't know. Don't quote me. It's High Frequency. We got it on lock. So, well, yeah, there's a little button, a little little, little thing. Right under where it tracks how 
<clears throat> how far into the episode you are on the website, where you can type that right there and download everything, the whole, you know, kitten caboodle. I definitely want to say peace to the trustees. I want to say peace to anyone that I've done business with in the private. Anyone who sent an email, anyone who sent well wishes, uh, those who sent current events, peace to, you know, Sister Yvette, or otherwise, you know, anyone who's added to the foundation, you know, the platform, the overall trust that is being executed in the name of, you know, the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. And that's about it. You know, that's pretty much my intro. Y'all know how I do. That being said, I'm going to jump straight into current events because I want to get into the topic, preserving family wealth. Once again, I would like to welcome you to the foundation here on High Frequency Radio Network. I am your host, So L, Seeker of Truth L, Speaker of Truth L. It's a pleasure to be here with you. So starting with the current event, so I'm going to go to Bloomberg. Bloomberg reporting the, the mortgage market is moving into the shadows. Bloomberg is saying regulators should pay closer attention to the boom in non-bank lending. <clears throat> the last financial crisis occurred in part because unregulated lending in the mortgage market got out of hand. Believe it or not, it's starting to happen again and could ultimately precipitate another disaster unless regulators get the act together. Make no mistake, regulators have done plenty to rein in the mortgage, biz- the mortgage business since the 2000s. New rules require that lenders carefully assess borrowers' ability to pay and the mortgage servicers, which process payments and manage other relations with borrowers, give troubled customers plenty of opportunity to renegotiate their debt before resorting to foreclosure. The Federal Reserve performs regular stress tests to ensure that banks have enough capital to weather the defaults. Problem is, the requirements have weighed most heavily on traditional deposit-taking banks. The added hand-holding required in mortgage servicing, for example, has roughly quadrupled the cost of handling delinquent loans, turning them into major loss makers. Together with stringent capital requirements, this is all but guaranteed that banks will lend only to people with the most pristine credit. In some cases, they have given up the business entirely. Late last year, Capital One announced it was exiting mortgage origination because it was structurally disadvantaged. So who has the advantage? Well, much of the regulation doesn't apply to non-bank lenders, which typically originate mortgages and quickly sell them onward to be packaged into securities for investors. These shadow banks don't take deposits, don't have much capital, and are usually overseen by state banking authorities, which tend to be less stringent. They are also considerably more aggressive than their bank counterparts. The non-bank's growth has been breathtaking. At the end of 2016, such unaffiliated mortgage companies accounted for more than 40% of new conventional mortgages. Those eligible for sale to government-controlled guarantors Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. Twice the share they accounted for just eight years earlier. They're also responsible for declining credit standards. 
the average FICO score at origination stood at 730 at the end of 2017, down from 755 years earlier. For loans guaranteed by Federal Housing Administration, an area where the non-bank share is greatest, the average FICO score has fallen to 680. Two things I want to say about this. A, they're probably right. This, you know, this, this stuff, you know, tends to happen and pr- proliferate as we, you know, tend to have a wind up in the economy, wind up in the stock market, melt up, some people will say, in the stock market. But then another thing, you know, there's thing, I see finger pointing, there's finger pointing, being, just fingers are beginning to be pointed. That's all I'm going to say with that. I'm going to move on to CNBC. Rising mortgage rates hit new home sales hard, an ominous sign for builders. Sales of newly built homes are falling, and the culprit is clear. Home buyers increasingly can't afford what they want. Higher mortgage rates, combined with the loss of homeowner tax breaks in some of the nation's most expensive markets, are taking away buyer park buying power. Sales fell in, de- in December when the new tax law was signed, then again in January when mortgage rates moved higher. Sales are not now at their lowest since August of last year. The government's measure, measure of new home sales is based on signed contracts during the month, reflecting the people who are out shopping and signing deals with builders. It is therefore a strong read on current reactions to home affordability. Mortgage rates have moved a, a full quarter of a percentage point higher during January, from below 4% to about 4.25%. It then took off further from there. It seems that the jump in mortgage rates in January had an immediate impact on contract signing. This is Peter Bukvar, Chief Investment Officer at the Leakley Advisory Group. You can't get more interest rate sensitive when it comes to homes and cars with associated costs to finance. Higher home prices are adding to the difficulty for buyers. The median price of a newly built home rose to $323. I mean, sorry, man, I wish. $323,000. A 2.5% gain compared with January 2017. Builders are not only increasing prices, but they are also mostly mostly focused on move-up market, not the entry level where homes are needed most. So, you know, there's a trend. appears as though there's a trend developing here. Oops. It's on CNBC once again. If you want a good deal on a home, here's the credit score you need. Buying a home can be challenging, especially if you're a first-time home buyer. But for aspiring homeowners, it can be more daunting task than for others, depending on their credit score. Credit scores signify your trustworthiness to financial institutions and can determine how easy or how expensive it is for you to get a mortgage. To determine your ability to pay, lenders look at your score and they prefer you to have good or excellent credit to the point that having excellent credit can save you thousands of dollars, according to the financial website NerdWallet. A score of 750 to 850 is considered excellent. A score of 700 to 749 is considered good. A score of 650 to 699 is considered fair and a score of 300 to 649 is considered poor score range 
from 300 to 850 based on major scoring system FICO and Vantage score. As y'all know, they based that score off the Vantage score. Y'all thought it was just FICO. But there's also another system called Vantage score, which you know helps determine your credit score. It goes on to say, if somebody has a high score, what that shows um, to us is that they've been good on meeting their obligations, whether it be credit cards, car loans, or other home loans. This is Brian Hoogler, a loan production partner with People's Home Equity. He means more likely um, we uh, want to give them a loan because we know that uh, you're going to pay us back. While it's up to the lender to determine the specific interest rate parameters attached to your loan, the difference of a few points on your credit score could add up in a big way. If your score falls below 700, you can end up paying a lot more. <clears throat> so, yeah, they go into some numbers. Let's not get into that. So what is, what's the score they're talking about? They're basically saying um, the score is 671. If you want, if you want a good deal on a home, you need to have at least a 671 credit score right now. This is CNBC. That's not so saying that. I'm moving on. I'm going to Reuters. Warren Buffett says it's a terrible mistake for long-term investors to be in bonds. He's a billionaire. Warren Buffett prodded ordinary investors on Saturday to stay invested in U.S. stocks, ignoring price swings, guidance from people with fancy credentials, and the temptation to load up on bonds. Uh, Warren Buffett said it's a terrible mistake for investors with long-term horizons among them, pension funds, college and endowments, and savings-minded individuals to measure their investment risk by their portfolio's racial of bonds to stock. The longtime bull on U.S. companies and the economy issued his latest letter to Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated uh, shareholders on Saturday. Treasury yields have been rising since the start of the year, stemming from brewing inflationary pressures and massive bond supply to help fund U.S. President Donald Trump's tax overhaul. Higher rates have kept U.S. equity markets under selling pressure as investors worry Borrowing costs could hurt companies' profitability. profitability. Earlier this month, stocks suffered their first 10% pullback since early 2016. High-grade bonds, he said, can increase the risk of an investment portfolio as inflation eats away at the return. And look, I'm done. I'm not even going to read anymore. He said a lot as far as I'm concerned. You know, he's talking about treasury bonds. And, you know, treasury bonds, how they react to inflation. CNBC, next one. It's about taxes. You got to grab these tax breaks um, on your return while you still can. Uh, If you haven't filed your taxes in 2017 yet, grab your shoebox of receipts and see if you qualify qualify for these tax deductions, some of which may be unavailable after this year. There are overlooked deductions that are going away, including unreimbursed employee expenses and job search expenses. Y'all know you can um, get deductions on your individual return for job search expenses. 
To make things more interesting, Congress also recently extended for 2017 the availability of certain tax breaks that would have otherwise expired at the end of 2016. Um, Here are the deductions and credits you should consider taking before you file your tax. Exclusion for forgiven debt. Generally, if a lender cancels all or part of your debt, that amount is considered to be income. Here's the exception. Filers who had a loan modification, foreclosure, or short sale last year can exclude the amount of debt forgiven on their principal residence from gross income in 2017. This break, which would have expired, was among the tax extenders Congress recently approved. Next is mortgage insurance premiums. This break, which allows homeowners to deduct the amount they paid for mortgage insurance, was set to expire at the end of 2016. Congress renewed it retroactively for 2017 tax returns. So that's last year. Next is the deduction for qualified tuition costs. Um, If you or your child are in college, you may also be able to deduct tuition, books, and supplies for your studies by up to $4,000. Alternatively, you may take one of the education credits for your costs Um, the American Opportunity Tax Credit, which is worth $2,500 per eligible student, or the Lifetime Learning Credit, which is worth up to $2,000 per tax return. So lifetime learning. The rest of the lifetime. Energy efficiency incentives. Credit for non-business energy properties for homeowners who added certain efficient windows, doors, and insulation. It's subject to a lifetime limit of $500. Boo. Property taxes. Um, You can deduct property taxes on all of your homes you own and not just your principal residence. Be aware this break is due for some major changes. Starting 2018, the deductibility of property taxes will be subject to the new $10,000 cap on state and local taxes, or SALT. Tax prep, investment fees, and more. This this is the last year you can take miscellaneous itemized deductions, including those for tax preparation and investment fees and unreimbursed employee expenses. You can deduct these costs to the extent they exceed more than 2% of your adjusted gross um, income. And the last is casualty losses. This year is the last time you can claim a deduction for personal losses that you sustained in a given year due to an event such as a natural disaster, fire, or accident. Dang. The total amount of your losses on personal property must exceed 10% of your adjusted gross income. Starting in 2018, you can only claim a loss if it occurs in a a disaster that's declared by the president. Dang. Moving on. I got a few more, so I'm going to try to get through this as quick as possible. What is this one is CNBC. So there was a software firm's data uh, leak that more than likely exposed um, Capital One. Administrative credentials, passwords, and private keys assigned to, assigned to Capital One, the nation's eighth largest commercial bank were discovered by researchers last month on a publicly accessible cloud-based server hosted on um, or hosted by Amazon. 
while raising the possibility of threat actors obtaining credentials needed to access internal cloud software. The researchers working out of the California-based security firm said the exposure mostly underscores the risk companies adopt when giving third-party vendors access to sensitive data. So, Capital One, y'all. That was just real quick. Steve Wozniak. Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, he founded Apple with uh, Steve Jobs in whatever year they founded it in. But he lost seven Bitcoins, so I don't know right now. What's the current price of Bitcoin? Let me see what the current price of Bitcoin is. It's like $10,345. So if you lost it recently, that's like a little over $70,000. But the loss, you know, I'm saying loss in a certain way because it's in quotation. What's really happened was the tech veteran um, said he had he had seven Bitcoins stolen from him through fraud. Somebody bought them from him online through a credit card, and they canceled the credit card payment. Um, and not only that, you know, so you can uh, dispute or cancel the credit card payment. And then... The credit card gives it, puts the money back in the credit card account, and they take it from the vendor. This happens a lot with PayPal. That's why a lot of people don't like PayPal. They think PayPal is whack. And it's mostly vendors, those who are dealing with the public. But I, I guess he didn't lose it. <clears throat> he got caught up. And, you know, this has a lot to do, in my opinion, with the reason why, you know, these different credit cards are disallowing You know, crypto purchases. I'm not saying it's the main reason. There's other reasons and factors that are, you know, obviously in play as far as, you know, this proposed regulation on cryptocurrencies and what's going on. But, um, you know, there is fraud that takes place. You know, there definitely is. And, um, you know, I don't want to get into, <laughs> you know, I'm not going to get into how the fraud is perpetrated because, you know, I don't want to give y'all no bad ideas, man. Like, for real, it's it's not hard. It's just stupid. Speaking of uh, cryptocurrency, Coinbase gives the IRS more than 10,000 users information. That's all I'm going to say. So, Excuse me, the IRS is coming after people, in my opinion, pretty soon, who have dealt with Coinbase, bought and sold Bitcoins through Coinbase, and they're going to look to, you know, be collecting taxes on those proposed gains. Uh, moving, moving to the next one. I got, I got one more after this, and then I'm out. So, new cryptocurrency debit card harnesses artificial intelligence to give customers the best deal so there's a cryptocurrency debit card let's check this out the increasing ability to pay for products and services using cryptocurrency debit cards is a physical representation of the rise in crypto popularity however they are still relatively rare and at times complex with so many cryptocurrencies available in conjunction with market volatility 
it can be difficult for traders to know how best to utilize the contents of their crypto wallets when making purchases. AMON, A-M-O-N, is a financial cryptocurrency platform that looks to solve this issue using a unique, uh, sorry, unique payment card, which utilizes artificial intelligence to ensure that users get the best value for their crypto wallets. Their white paper claims that they are the only platform which enables users to use their most valuable cryptocurrencies for purchases in real time. Amon also offers their own unique Amon tokens. Oh, they got their own tokens. They got three different payment methods. The single currency payment method. The second method is to personally select which of the currency to use after uh, swiping the Amon card. Third brings into play unique Amon artificial intelligence system, which will select the best currency to use in real time on a per transaction basis. So they got, you know, they're coming out with cards that can access the cryptocurrencies. They're also coming out with, you know, cards that you can deal with with cash and currency, you know, fiat currency that converts the cryptocurrency at the same time. I would look to, if you're interested in stuff like that, I would look to get my hands on that ASAP as soon as possible, or as I would say, ASAP Arena, because we don't, you know, really know what type of legislation is going to be happening in the United States to hinder the the acquiring of such a, you know, a card, device, whatever you want to call it. Last but not least, Tesla. You know, I like Tesla. Can't wait to get my Tesla. I reserved one like a year and a half ago or something. I don't know. It was a while ago, but I'm still down. Tesla <laughs> to lose federal tax credit sometime this year. The tax credit were included in the stimulus bill of 2009 and provided for a credit of between 2500 to 7500 on the first 200000 all electric or plug-in electric hybrids sold by any given manufacturer. The law went into effect in 2010 and was not repealed. To nearly everyone's surprise in the December 2017 tax bill, Tesla, Nissan, and General Motors are the only car makers who have sold more than 100,000 qualifying vehicles. The Toyota Prius, which is the best-selling hybrid, does not count in its first annual report filed with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission on Friday, Tesla noted in the section on risk factors, under current regulation, $7,500 federal tax credit available in the United States for the purchase of qualified electric vehicles with at least 17 kilowatt hours of battery capacity, such as our vehicles, will begin to phase out over time with respect to any vehicles delivered in the second calendar quarter following the quarter in which we deliver our 200,000 qualifying vehicle in the United States. We currently expect such 200,000 qualifying delivery to occur at some point during 2018. In certain circumstances, there is pressure from the oil and gas lobby or related special interests to bring about such developments, which could have some negative impact on demand for our vehicles. And where's that number? 
Okay, there it is. In his SEC filing, Tesla also noted in April 2017 and January 2016, respectively, previously available incentives in Hong Kong and Denmark that favored the purchase of electric vehicles expired, negatively impacting sales. When the state of Georgia ended its state tax credit of $5,000 for buyers of an electric vehicle, sales plunged 90% over the next six months, according to a report at USA Today. And you know what that means? That means for people who buying it, I don't know what it means. That's not good. That's not necessarily good. But, you know, me, nah, I think I'm with, I'm more with unencumbered businesses. And I know, you know, the electric vehicle market is not even as close to as built out as the gasoline vehicle market. It's not even close. So, you know, those these things are needed. But, you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to be able to lean on the business model. All right, let's do this. Welcome to the foundation, y'all. I appreciate y'all. That's current events. Thank you very much. So I want to get into the, you know, to the show, preserving family wealth. I wanted to, I wanted to do this show because most of what we hear, you know, in the public regarding, you know, getting your estate together, start your estate, go private, transition to the private side, so on and so forth. You know, it's, lot, it's very instructional, number one. But at the same time, you know, it's, it's inspiring to do something and get to a certain point. And then when we're at that certain point, what then? Or to those who maybe don't see the value in going private or getting to that point. I wanted to offer some information. Not necessarily, well... I wouldn't say necessarily from the private side, but this is a public-private side, that one, if it does exist. So preserving family wealth, how is this done? Why is it done? Why is it important? You generate a bunch of, you know, income throughout your life. You're looking to you're looking to pass it on to your heirs so that they can benefit from, you know, the energy that you exchanged for tangible assets or intangible assets that you converted or whatever. And then the process... There's a lot of the wealth lost, typically. Wealth is not preserved. It is squandered. Uh, it does not move through multiple generations of, of life within a single family unit. And there's a reason why for that. So I want to get into, you know, Specifics on the preservation of family wealth, some concepts 
But first and foremost, I want to tell y'all a story. True story. I wouldn't say this guy was a friend. All right? This was about, man, I didn't own property yet. Okay, so this was about five years, about six, no, seven years ago. It was about seven or eight years ago. All right? So, uh, yeah, I would say eight years ago. So I knew, I knew this guy. Um, he was kind of weird, but he was cool, you know. And I'm I'm like that. If you're weird, you're cool, whatever. <laughs> but he was kind of weird, and he was cool. But he was cool, and he was telling me, you know, that he was going to be buying a building. I'm buying a building. And for some reason, I just believed this dude. You know, um, he was a European guy. And, of course, it's not the reason why I believed him. It's because he was European. But I, I don't know. So something about the way he was staying there or whatever, he was going to buy a building. But he's kind of a grimy dude. Anyways, let's, let's, you know, fast forward a couple months. This guy gets a building. I don't know how he gets a building. I didn't ask him. But he offers me, you know, do you want to rent out one of the units? It was a fourplex. And I was like, yeah, whatever. How much? How much? And I don't remember what he told me, but it was real cheap for the unit. Now the building wasn't that nice. The property wasn't that nice. The neighborhood was cool. It was really nice. It was right on the edge of this really, really, really rich area. You know, the actual you know apartment was really nice. Hardwood floors. It was really you know, it was really cool. But <clears throat> that's not the point. The point is, so you know, I'm renting this property from this dude. Uh, not even a property, renting an apartment. And, you know, he had gotten his property. I come to find out that, you know, <clears throat> he has a trust from his father. You know, he didn't tell me too much, but, you know, came across that his father did a lot of kind of, you know, maybe illegal stuff. But he was very, his father was a lawyer. He told me his dad was a lawyer. But he didn't really tell me too much about what kind of, you know, law his father, father did, you know, practice or whatever. And at the time, I think back then, you know, I was maybe contemplating going to law school, you know, <clears throat> or whatever, just for fun or something. So I was kind of intrigued by his father, but his father had passed away. So, you know, there's no way I can meet him, you know, so I'm just stuck with his grudgy son. So I find out that this dude, his father left him a trust somehow. I'm not really sure, but I meet one of his, you know, the trustees. And, you know, I had just, you know, this is before, it was not before, I came into trust information, but it was before I had done any type of administration, before I had really understood, I would honestly just say what the, the you know, the full concept of what a trust was and how it worked and what were the benefits and just truly, you know, why, just why. So, you know, I met his trustee and the trustee, you know, believe it or not, man, nah, man, that's probably a little too private. I can't say that. <clears throat> but the trustee was really cool. And, um, you know, we talked and stuff. And he and I got along better than, you know, I did with, you know, my, I guess my now landlord. And, you know, he, he moved some people in that were kind of sketchy. But bottom line is, <clears throat> he and I got into it over some private matters. And I ended up, like, leaving, moving out after a time, um, which is fine because I ended up, you know, that's I was on my way to owning property anyways. So it was a good lesson, I guess, or whatever. And just being like, you know, I'm tired of moving. Moved so many times. But I did recently, you know, a few years ago, I think it was a year or two ago, 
I did recently, you know, go drive by the property. And I saw that the property had uh, been renovated, you know. So I was like, oh, man, I knew this scrub dude. He was kind of a scrub, like seriously. So I knew he didn't do this. Like he didn't have taste to, to do the renovations, at least to the actual, the landscape and the outside of it. So I looked it up. I looked up the records. And I saw that he no longer owned it, or the trust that did own it, or however he owned it. I remember, you know, the entity he was using, it was no longer the owner. So, you know, I pulled some more stuff and and saw that, you know, it went into foreclosure. Perfect example when I'm dealing with preserving family wealth. This is like a real example that I have lived. Now, did I know the full implications of what happened at the time? Not necessarily. But right now, I can tell you right now. That is a perfect example of when preserving family wealth goes wrong. Now, I don't know how it happened, but I do know that his father left him a trust. He bought a building. He mismanaged it. He he didn't have a job, I know that, because he lived in the premises. So he was losing all the money that he could be otherwise making on the rent that he could be receiving on that other unit. Um, once again, like he didn't have a job, so he had no other income. So I'm sure he was spending the rent money to sustain himself, which is bad business. So I would say he lost the building in about three years. Um, once again, he rented to friends at inconsistent rates. Uh, the trustee, we actually developed a friendship, and I think we're kind of, you know, cool to this day. I saw him in last September of last year, the last time I saw him. Because we have a, um, <clears throat> usually get together, you know, at least once a year. But we're still cool. We're associates. I wouldn't c- consider him a friend because we're not that close. But I'm more cool with him than I was the initial friend that I introduced him or he introduced me to. It's a long story, but you know how it goes and that happens. <clears throat> he uh, he also did homemade improvements to the yard, to the to the landscape. There was some, like a rock retaining wall. And he took all the rocks and put them in a pile in the backyard. I mean, he was just, he was really did some terrible stuff. Really did some terrible stuff to the to the outside of the property. And he also, I know for one, one of those units, I live on the, you know on the second floor. I know one of those units on the first floor, one of the dude was on drugs. Some, some person moved out and then someone else moved in. And the dude was on drugs, like straight up. And he tore up that unit down there. I saw that today, kicked him out. And I went in there and he showed me he showed it to me and it was just tore up. It was really just it was tore down. When it comes to preserving wealth or in this situation, you know, I there's, there's, there's a couple possibilities of how the property loss played out with regards to the trust that was left to this guy by his father. You know, there's either a partial reduction in the estate, you know, so maybe uh, the estate just lost, you know, the down payment, whatever down payment it paid. If he, if he financed the property, through the trust and the trust definitely put at least 20% down whatever the property was you know worth at the time so 
that was a loss. There was a loss of the closing costs, a loss of any paid taxes, any fees on the initial purchase, a loss of any payments or mortgage payments paid. And there was, you know, there was a, like I said, there was a foreclosure. Another possibility is a, a substantial reduction in the estate. It's possible that the guy, you know, reduced the corpus of the trust substantially to purchase this property, but still financed the, the, the rest. Meaning, let's say he had only two, uh, $100,000 left to him in trust. Let's say the property's worth three hundred. He put the whole hundred thousand dollars down on the on the purchase of the property, and then for, the property got foreclosed on, lost the hundred thousand. Unless the 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 bank after they foreclose it, going to sell it at a at a profit, and then account for you, uh, account it account it for you, and then issue him a check. I doubt that happens. You know, they usually sit on those things. There's some sort of short sale sometimes. You know, the bank only wants, you know, whatever's left after they took the equity out. So, oh, here's $100,000. Well, what's only left is $200,000. So give us, uh, uh, I don't know, give us $80,000 and we'll give you the property because we already will get $180,000 out of it. You see what I'm saying? The property was possibly, like I said, worth less than the loan. The mortgage market could have been down at the time of the sale. Who knows? Could have resulted in creditor liquidation of the other trust assets, whether there's other stuff in in the trust, whether there's another property in the trust, in the trust name that was, you know, paid off. And he defaulted on his other property, 200,000, so they forced the sale of a property and of the additional property to, you know, offset the remaining outstanding balance. What about, you know, maybe there was other money in the checking accounts in the name of that trust or other real properties, like I said. Maybe there was a vehicle, different insurance policy assets, corporate shares or something. Trust can own a lot. Anything titled in the trust name could have been up for grabs during that foreclosure proceeding. Bottom line, the lack of properly educating the heirs in proper wealth stewardship or trust administration will result in the example I just gave, the real world example I just gave. Like I said, I went through that. I dealt with that dude's buffoon. So when it comes to preserving family wealth, I want to specifically get into some options. First and foremost, I got the dictionary, Barron's, B-A-R-R-O-N, apostrophe S. Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms. 
right here I have the definition for man did I lose the page no there it is the word endowment and the definition in the Barron's Dictionary of Finance and Investment Terms for endowment is a permanent gift of money or property to a specified institution for a specified purpose endowments may finance physical assets or be invested to provide ongoing income to finance operations. First and foremost, with preserving family wealth, the lack of properly educating the heirs in the proper wealth stewardship or trust administration is a large and grand detriment we're dealing with an estate an estate is your stuff you want to talk about a family estate okay a family estate is just a family stuff people want to get confused about an estate an estate is all of the entities that um, make up the entire estate or all of it all the stuff you know, I don't just administer trust. I administer, you know, uh, corporation. I got some precious metals. I might have some vehicles, some classic artwork, whatever. This is all my stuff. This is all part of my entire estate. So educating the heirs who will be the successors of the estate is paramount. Obviously, this gentleman that I dealt with was not educated. If he had known, in my opinion, how to properly be a steward of his father's wealth that was left to him, I believe he would have done it. He was just, he was genuinely genuinely like overall a good dude. Like he wasn't a bad guy. You know, he's kind of grimy, a little weird, but he wasn't a bad dude. And he really genuinely loved his father. <clears throat> he missed his father. And I can tell by our conversation that he really respected his father. He always said, so if you ever met my father, you and him would get along so well because you guys, because you're so intelligent. And, you know, and by the way he spoke about his father, I really wanted to meet this guy. And I was disappointed, you know, that he had passed and I didn't get a chance to meet him. Just based on how his son spoke about him, that that meant a lot to me. You know, I don't know. So I really truly believe that he would have been a proper steward of his father's estate, of his family estate that was left to him by his father. But his lack of proper education and administration of this estate, in my opinion, at least at the very least from what I witnessed, led to at least one loss which may or may not have been substantial. Like, like I'm saying, it could have been a partial reduction of the estate or a substantial reduction in the estate. But either way, either way, it was a reduction in the estate, and that is backwards. A reduction in the estate is an erosion. You know what eroding is? You know, if you got a, you know, a nice pile of 
steaming fire macaroni and cheese that pile erodes after time because it just gets eaten up. You know, it's just less, becomes less and less erosion. You know, there's all types of different erosion. And most of science, when I think of, hear that word, I think of science, like weathery, rain erosion. Oh, there's rain erosion on the, on the Sphinx or something. I don't remember. But when, now in my mature years, when I think of the word eroding, I think of wealth. So I think of, you know, the the lessening of the estate, the wealth of the estate, which is all bad, negative, negatory, negating, Nathaniel. So I want to talk on some wealth eroding factors. So these are some things that you need to take into consideration beyond the the ignorance. And ignorance, please understand, it's a state. One can be ignorant in a fact or thing and then become knowledgeable in that factor thing therefore they are no longer ignorant you know it's a state that can be changed it's not being stupid or anything like that there are many things that i am ignorant to so you know please make no mistake what i mean by ignorance at least in this specific example you know the air being ignorant on how to properly manage the estate and making befumbling moves with the trust estate or the family estate with the assets and then losing them to foreclosure, creditors, litigation, so on and so forth. That is a wealth eroding factor. Along with that, we have inflation, currency inflation. It's the holdings of your estate, which I'm sure large estates have holdings in commercial paper, commercial assets, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, so on and so forth. Those are denominated in United States dollars or any government fiat currency are subject to inflationary movements, policies, and measures. Inflation means basically the value of the proposed asset is going down. So therefore, the price that you're looking to pay to receive goods and services is going up. The price is inflating. Why is the price inflating in my neighborhood? Why is milk $4 at the store? Ick, I don't drink milk, but I use that as an example. Milk is it's the same gallon of milk. Come from the same thing it used to come from a cow. Why is it dollar fifty more? Because the value of the currency that's being used in exchange for those goods and services is going down. So the prices are inflating. It's kind of some like word trickery right there. Another wealth eroding factor, lawsuits and litigation, foreclosures, such and such. These can erode the wealth of an estate, especially if an estate is mismanaged. Another wealth eroding factor. Divorce not necessarily um, implicate the erosion of an estate, but it's definitely an erosion of wealth, and possibly an estate if it's not structured properly. And you know, obviously, educational costs. 
one of the highest um, forms of investment is in yourself. So, you know, ongoing life investments in education is going to cost money. So that will erode the wealth that you created over your lifetime while you continue to educate yourself. If, it, if not structured properly, wealthy eroding factors can include food, clothing, shelter, gifts. Um, I'm sorry, gift tax. You know, taxes is a wealthy eroding factor. Sales tax, state tax, inheritance tax, probate tax, capital gains tax. Once again, if not structured properly, we can be looking at these things. The three essentials, or more importantly, I mean, I guess more specifically, the three essential elements to wealth preservation, to preserve it, preserve it. You need to have control. If you don't have control, control is number one. If you're dealing with a state-created entity, you lose control. Why? So, why do you lose control? Because the House and the Senate can meet and pass legislation to change the laws of that entity that you've been using for the past 5, 10, 20 years. It could have been a uh, uh, LLC or a public entity that was passed down for the past 60 years. But that one time they did that session and met and they passed the legislation to the state Senate or whatever, and it changed the state legislation for the next term or whatever. Now the so-called family business is subject to that legislation. That is a lack of control. If you lack control, you lack one of the three essential elements to wealth Preservation. Flexibility. Once again, I'm going to use a legislation example. How is that flexible in a beneficial way to you, to me? It's not. It's flexible. A state-created entity, even though it's been in my family for 50 years, my great-great-grandfather started this company. We've worked this company for five generations. Is registered with the state. Oops, you lost. The flexibility is now with the state. Whatever they want to do, they're flexible. The only inflexibility they have is that they got to wait for the session to begin so they can pass the legislation to be flexible and make you non-flexible. Be non-flexible with your way of life, the way your family has been making money for generations, so on and so forth. Same thing. With the state-created trust, the state-created debtor or individual, the state-created corporation, incorporation, the state-created nonprofit organization, not flexible, not from the standpoint of your family's wealth. Very flexible from the standpoint of the public or state, whatever you want to do, United States. Department, the Department of State, or the State of, very flexible for them to get your family wealth. Non-conducive 
to family wealth preservation, state-created and governed entities. You understand what I'm saying? An entity that owes its existence to legislation, which is therefore governed by legislation. It is a state-created entity. Speaking of entity, didn't make it. The term entity, the word entity, the legalese term specifically, did not make it in third edition of Black's Law Dictionary. But it did make it in the fourth. I got the deluxe edition, fourth edition, entity, a real being, semicolon, existence. And I love these law dictionaries because they quote a case, Department of Banking versus Hedges. 136 NEB 382 286 NW 277 I don't know. Maybe you caught that. Maybe, maybe you did. By the time it got to the seventh edition, though, check this out. Even in the law dictionary, it said a real being. You can take that however you want. But in Black's Law, seventh edition, Entity, an organization, in parentheses, such as a business or governmental unit, close parentheses, that has a legal identity apart from its members. So you got corporate entity, corporation status as an organization existing independently of its shareholders. As a separate entity, a corporation can, in its own name, sue and be sued, lend and borrow money, and buy, sell, lease, and mortgage its property. You got a public entity, a governmental entity, such as a state government or one of its political subdivisions. You know, we're looking to preserve our family wealth by depending on straight state-created entities. Woo! That's ironic, I think, right? Oxymoronic or something? It's, it's something. I feel a certain way when I admit that to myself, you know? So flexibility. You got to be flexible. You got to have flexibility. If it's governed by state legislation or state law, that is not flexibility. Well, at least not for you. If it's governed by a contract or indenture, that's going to be flexible. And then the third essential element to wealth preservation is tax minimization. If you don't control the entity, you don't control how it's taxed, what its deductions are, and stuff like that, you can't control tax minimization. But I want to stress heavily Absolutely heavily The lack of properly educating The heirs in proper wealth stewardship Or trust administration Is going to kill it It's highly Highly important So three essential elements to wealth preservation We got control We got flexibility We have tax minimization Um, Let me wrap this up I feel like I'm going in too heavy. Four pillars of wealth building. Four pillars. The four pillars of wealth building. 
This is after the three essential elements of wealth preservation. So we're not beyond preserving the wealth. We're looking at building. And based on you know what we're going to do to build the wealth, we got to base those plans on these four pillars. You got to have governance. I think this will go back to control and the three essential elements, but hey, who's governing how the wealth is being built and what entities are building the wealth? Is it a contract or is it some sort of legislative state or federal authority? Proper management. Management, management, management. I should have put that number one. In the example that I gave earlier, that was absolutely improper management of that wealth. So proper management is the second pillar of wealth building. Getting into proper investments and proper investments, period, is the third pillar. Whether that's investment in precious metals, investing in stocks because you got a tip or you know something or you, you just trust or it's popping. Investing in Public corporations, mutual funds, corporate shares, property, businesses, and cash flow is the fourth pillar of wealth building. Being able to properly manage, obtain, expand, And be responsible for the cash flow. So those, <clears throat> those are the four pillars of wealth building. And before that, you know, definitely I hope y'all caught the three essential elements of wealth preservation. And if you didn't, I'll go through it one more time. Three essential elements are control, flexibility, and tax minimization. The four pillars of wealth building are governance, management, investments, and cash flow. And you can put the word proper in front of all those. Proper governance, proper management, proper investments, and proper cash flow. So when we got investments, we have um, non non mech. Uh, we got life insurance policies, specific endowments. But look, mech, um, MET, modified endowment contract. What is a modified endowment contract? A modified endowment contract is a tax qualification of a life insurance policy whose cumulative premiums exceed federal law tax, uh, federal tax law limits. The taxation structure and IRS policy classification changed after becoming a modified endowment policy. So basically, you know, you got the life insurance and it's paying more. When you put in more, that was, you know, Allowable for a year or then a year or over the lifetime of the policy. 
becomes a modified endowment contract. A lot of times, if you structure properly, you don't care if it's a mech. What is known as a mech it just generates income in the form of an investment for the family estate. <clears throat> and these are hot. You know, these are hot, definitely hot. Life insurance policies, like whole life insurance policies, these are hot. You know, when it comes to building private wealth with your, you know, with your family estate. Uh, specific endowments. And I read the definition of endowment <clears throat> earlier in the dictionary of financial and investment terms. And then I closed it. But an endowment is a permanent gift of money or property to a specified institution for a specific purpose. Endowments may finance physical assets or be invested to provide ongoing income to finance operations. So an endowment, specific endowments, you know, with, with a hospital, a college, or university, you have access to what is known specific accounts. You know, there's private placement accounts. So, what is a private placement account? I love it. A private placement account or a private placement is a sale of a security to a small number of investors. Issuing entities are interested. In private placements because these transactions avoid the time-consuming process of having securities stood for sale to the general public through the Securities and Exchange Commission. Examples of these types of securities may be sold through a private placement are common stock, preferred stock, and promissory notes. Many of these transactions are covered by the regulation D exemption from the normal reporting rules, which limit these placements to investors having a high net worth or income as well as experience in or knowledge of financial reporting. By implication, regulation D eliminates sales to investors. They may not have sufficient knowledge to understand the level of risk they are undertaking. The type of investor that usually participates in private placement is a wealthy individual or a well-funded buy-side firm, such as a pension fund or a hedge fund. An investor may be offered an inducement to participate in a private placement. For example, this could involve a price that is discounted from the market price or perhaps the addition of warrants to the securities. Private placement differs from a public offering where securities are offered for sale to the general public via an underwriter. A public offering requires that a detailed perspective be issued, which is not the case for private placement. You can only do these, you know, take advantage of private placements, you know, founder stock and these things through, you know, uh, estate entities, private estate entities, trusts, specifically family trusts, business trusts, real estate investment trusts, you know. Asset Protection Trust. But this is a you know, specific type of investment that you can get into outright. 
when it comes to specific endowments. Hospitals and universities also have access to specific accounts that they can generate 40, sometimes 50% interest on the deposit. So you set up an endowment as a contract with the hospital or the university or, you know, the trust gives permanent gift of money or property to a specified institution for a specified purpose. You know, you give you give them $200,000, $400,000, whatever, $100,000, whatever, $50,000, whatever. $20,000, whatever, 10000 5000 whatever. And they put it in that account. And the institution splits the interest with your family trust or your family business or whatever, however you want to set it up, on that deposit. So sometimes 40 50%. So depending on, you know, the percentage, you're going to make the money back and it's just going to be perpetual income. That's forever. You can only do this with, you know, a trust or foundation because they never die. Also, you know, specific um, wealth creating investments, ownership of corporate stock and shares, outright ownership of a corporation or a business, ownership of precious metals, private placement accounts, and ownership of founders stock. And, you know, usually I don't get into this type of stuff. Really, you know, for me, this is kind of like, this is actually really like, but I know, you know, and, um, you know, I'm not assuming, but for the general audience who's listening to this episode, it's probably like, you know, I get it, but I don't really get it how I usually get it. And that makes me feel a certain way. I apologize if you feel that way. But I, like I said, I wanted to give, you know, some credence to principles with regards to preserving family wealth beyond you know getting to the private you know you know getting into trustee training and getting your private estate set up and going from there beyond that like so what do I do now well there you go these are things that you can work towards these are things that you can work on either way I suggest that you hit me up admin at welcome to the foundation.com you know I do conduct private trustee training that's all I will say in the public you can email me and you know it's all about offer and acceptance performance consideration when it comes to contract if you understand what I'm saying um, but you know I would be honored to help you not only assist you in your private transition but also help you grow your family estate as well as preserve your family wealth to me that's important multi-generations like seriously is what I'm aiming for and I'm pretty much gonna dummy proof my estate before I, you know, move away to the next, you know, spot, wherever it is. Not only with, you know, um, my knowledge, but also with my experience, with you know, the the experience that I shared with you earlier. Specifically. And I definitely wanted to share some of those principles with my family. So, preserving family wealth. Once again, admin at welcometothefoundation.com. 
Foundation. Email me, hit me up. This is what I do. I love it. It's my charity. I put in a lot of hours every week for the show. And it's 100% charity, y'all. I do, I do look to bring information, actionable information with every show. And I, you know, I trust and you know, definitely hope that I'm able to do that. I'm able to do just that. I'm clowning. But seriously, that's pretty much what I got for the show tonight. I don't think it's been a, it's been a while, man. Woo, look at that. Woo. It's been a while since I've, you know, spoken that long. My mouth is dry. Man, y'all gotta know I love you. I'm gonna go to the phone lines here in a second, you know. Peace, peace, y'all. Go ahead, press one on your keypad if you called in. If you are if you're not called in, I did speak a little long this evening. We got about we got less than seven minutes left in the broadcast. So if you're listening online or you know whatever, and you're not in the switchboard, you're gonna want to call in because if you do not, you're going to get kicked off. They're gonna kick you off in less than seven minutes. All right, so yeah, I'm gonna go to the phone lines here. Um, uh, what's the call-in number? I forgot. I'm just playing. 424-222-5250. Or you can dial in 563-999-3625. Just push one on your keypad, and I'll bring you in. I just got to get this thing going. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I, you know, I, I trust I trust this is a good show. I feel like this is a good show. I feel like it was a good show. I'm feeling good about it. I hope you're feeling good about it. Let me get this uh, switchboard. It's uh, acting weird. It's, it's doing this dance over here. Let me get to these callers. Okay, let's start with... Let me start... Oh, come on. All right, here we go. Three, two, three. Let me start with y'all. Three, two, three. Three, two, four, seven. Once again, area code three, two, three. Three, two, four, seven. Peace. What's your name? Where are you calling from? <laughs> Again, I'm gonna try again. Sound like you getting cussed out. Let's go right here. 704 3319. Is that right? Yup. 704 3319. Peace. Which name are you calling from? Nope. All right. <laughs> okay. 
Peace, what's your name? Where you calling from? Big, big, this time. Can you hear me? Uh, Hello? I can hear you. Yeah, peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Uh, this is Aziz calling from LA. I got a quick question. Like, I'm trying to get a remedy for a tort claim, and I was trying to see how knowledgeable you were on that. On tort claims? Yeah, tort claim. I was locked up not too long ago. I had a situation where my eyes was uh, like kind of wounded back there in battle, and I put a tort claim in it, and then it got dismissed. Uh, it's one of those like it was three or four different other agents back there that was on it, and it got dismissed without prejudice. Like two or three of them, but the main doctor, I think they let him get away, but a couple of his amps were still at bay, and I was trying to see who can like instruct me on. Getting that all the way rumified. Uh, without prejudice. Well, I mean, that's cool. I mean, you, know, you, you can still have some existing rights to the claim without knowing exactly what the, what's going on. It's hard for me to say, but I can say mm-hmm. from what I understand that uh, tort claim is going to be dismissed if it can be remedied. In any in any other com, uh, capacity, so I mean, one they would have to be acting outside of the delegated authority. You have to document that and then issue, you know, the uh, the tort claim. Well, it was like it was a more so neglect. Like they were supposed to do a surgery. Like I had an infection in the eye. And they were supposed to do a surgery and they just let it. They infected, stay wounded. And it could have been like if y'all would have hurry up and got it done right now, I would have a better shot at. Uh, better vision because I need a cornea transplant and they just neglected the whole demonstration and just was like oh well you'll be alright see what I'm saying uh huh well do you know exactly um, when in custody what their rights and responsibilities are per statute and are you claiming a statute that, that sounds like a statute violation you know, it sounds like some sort it's of t- statutory claim. So, yeah, that, to me, to me, that's usually the first reason why a tort, a tort claim is dismissed because there's some sort of statutory remedy. And if they dismissed it without prejudice, it seems to me that you have an existing, some sort of existing claim or right elsewhere in a different jurisdiction, and that would imp, um, um, imply to me that that was in the commercial jurisdiction. If you're locked up, that was a commercial capacity. So they were acting in commercial capacity, which means they have a fiduciary responsibility. So if you can find the statute or the specific code that they violated, you got to go after them, after them for that within that commercial jurisdiction. And if you receive no remedy, you got to exhaust all your um, possibilities or administrative remedies before you can go for you know a tort in the first place. Yeah, or, I, I did all that. I did not uh, be a BPA. remedy. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was actually talking to. Uh, you know, I was actually talking to one of the colonizers over there for uh, the Solvent Connection, and they they was the ones telling me that I need to put in another tour because I wasn't secured then, but I recently got secured, so I was trying to see how to go about it with somebody that was more knowledgeable than myself. That's what I was trying to see. Like, uh, I know I heard Jonah mention it 
and he was saying that something about it, but I haven't been able to catch up with him, so I was hoping all right, you're welcome. I was hoping that you'll be able to point me in the right direction if he's so kind, brother. Uh, the the only thing I can really say, like I said, if it was dismissed without prejudice, is that you have a, a remedy well, somewhere else. Well, it was, well, it was a host of them. I had like the whole jail. I had put all the names on there, you know, so just to see what happened. And uh, like I think two of the doctors and a couple of the nurses, they let off the hook, but the rest of them, they they left them out there to come back and get them. Was my understanding. I want to say, was it a okay. business? I want to say I put in a Bivens. You know, are you familiar with the Bivens? The Bivens, a little bit, a little bit. My okay, thing yeah. is, is like, if they didn't handle their duty, their job, then that's the first place you got to hit them at. Is what I'm saying. So, you know, all public, all public officers, you know, they have to be bonded. So, you know, oh yeah, some absolutely. Sort of insurance. So that, and then. The specific code and statute which regulates and authorizes them to do what they're doing and find where they messed up in that code or statute and then come at them with that. There may be some punitive damages or something like that. I haven't seen what you've done. I don't know exactly what you've done. Go ahead. Well, how do you want... Okay. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was going to say, how would you like me to get it to you? Because I got everything. Like, cut and paste still. Like, Waiting to shoot it out to somebody to oh, inspect it. Uh, you can send it to my email, um, admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. Hold on. Right, give me two seconds. You say admin. Mm. Okay, I got it here. Okay, how you spelling that, bro? Uh, A D M I N. A D M I N. Admin dot. Did you say? At like that at symbol. Uh huh. Welcome to the foundation dot com. Welcome. Dot. C-O-M. Okay, and how soon will you respond? I know I sent uh, some emails out because Jonah was supposed to be doing a show in Chicago, and I never heard from him after that. I was wondering, did the show go down, or did they reschedule, or what? Oh, family, I don't uh, I do not do business with Jonah Bay. I'm not sure how he runs his demonstration. I can't speak for that, man. I apologize. Oh, okay. Yeah, partner, I thought all y'all was connected on this uh Demo. Okay. No, uh, we I guess we we uh, discussed similar information. Jonah used to be on right. high frequency, but I think he's on a different he's on a different network now. He didn't fell off, it. but I was trying to see, to the best of your knowledge, was any of his information like factual and true, or did you have a different type <laughs> of remedies that you went with? Because you know everybody got a different uh, school of thought. I just deal I deal with commerce, so I deal with the entities and, you know, I just deal in trust. And, you know. Oh, okay. So you that's, like that's, uh that's what I deal. deal. 
You familiar yeah. with the brother Yusuf L? Okay, yeah, that's this, your boy. This, this is, yeah, yeah, this, yeah, yeah. That's definitely the big brother. Mm-hmm. Okay, got you. I I know I listen to all the brothers, so I just didn't know which one you you fell up under. But yeah, yeah he was like real knowledgeable with the trust law. Right. What what like what, yeah, absolutely. I was gonna say which is like I would say which is the best one that you would say. Like, cause I got the uh, irrevocable trust demo open, but you know I didn't want to like rush into that. I was saying, what would you, what would you suggest to read to put you like all the way in tune with it? Trust administration. I think Gwen Wyckoff's her books, The Art of Passing the Buck. I think those are really good. They're real technical. There's a volume one and a volume two. Volume two is real technical. There's, you know, it's a lot of, it's a, not meat and potatoes in there. But they're both they're both very good. It's called the art of how do you how do you spell that? You say Glenn G L E N N. Nah, it's a it's a it's a it's a female Gwen G W E N. Oh Gwen. Okay. Wyckoff W I W W Y Wyckoff W Y C H O F F or something. I don't know. I don't like that. So she Russian or some Wyckoff? Okay. Uh, Gwen Wyckoff. What's the name of the book? <laughs> he says he Russian. Uh, passing the buck. Passing. But passing the buck. B U C K. Okay, and you say that'll help me administer because I got the demo open, but I haven't been able to like he was saying. I need to go in there and keep up with the minutes and everything, so. I didn't want to jack it off. I wanted to make sure I was doing everything accurate. Oh yeah, I mean, I do, I do, uh, I teach trustee training. I teach trust administration in the private. So, I mean, if you, I wanna... mean, is you like that though? Is you like that though? Is you like on top of your top of your, like you Michael Jordan with that thing, or you still like? Got <laughs> your, uh, I guess you'll say, who is that young kid? Uh, LeBron James. You still trying to get there? Which one is you? <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you gonna put it like that, I, I'm Michael Jordan, but you know, in his in his when he's mature, I think when he was 45, I would think he ain't doing crazy. Stuff. 45, man, he but was trash then. I'm from Chicago, man. You just can't say that, man. Don't do that. 45, man. He should have never came out of retirement. I'm still mad at his ass about that shit. He shouldn't have did that. Right? He, messed, he messed up his shoes. Three dollars. Oh man! Missing Sorry about that. Yeah, <laughs> he said yeah. missing layups. Yeah. <laughs> missing layups and all types uh, of things. Dis- disgraced the whole city. He should have stayed retired. Stayed he retired. didn't get another championship at forty-five. Hell no, man! Stop playing. Don't do that. Don't say that to nobody else, man. Don't say that. To hey man, I was his ass. No, forty-five. I don't know. You tell him forty-five ain't bring us no more. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh. You say Michael Jordan, man. That's like talking about a Greek god or something, man. Don't do that. Don't do that. He, no, he ain't <laughs> no more championship. He stole a lot of more money. That's what he did. Stole a lot more All right, money. So from, That's what he did. From now on, I don't recognize 45 Jordan. I can only talk about and recognize 23 okay. Jordan. That's what you're telling me. And even and even nine, when he was in the All Star game wearing number nine. That that was a hell of a legacy too. I think he put up like. A billion points in one of them games or something. So nine and twenty-three, not forty-five, not forty-five, not so much. All right, yeah, you you from there? I'm, you know, I'm taking your word for it. You know, I always listen to the law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But yeah, I'm trying to get this this trust thing up and running. I'm out here in LA. I'm trying to see is there anybody out here that you would recommend that's that's out here towards this way, or do y'all make y'all trips and do y'all seminars out here or what? Yeah, I'm gonna be in Oakland. Man, Oakland Man, is like four. Oakland is like four or five hour drive from LA, brother. Yeah, it's not far. You know, um, Casey, you mean it's not, not far. far? That is far. far. Oh man! Well, how far are you coming from? Chicago. How far are you coming from? How far are you coming from? Man, I'm coming from the Midwest. What about across the, across the country? Man, you know, man, I'm right over there. Is in I'm the in the central time zone, so you know, I'm close to you know Illinois, Chicago over there, right now. Okay, so that's that's a two day drive. Now I'm gonna tell y'all here, L.A. traffic is like a two day drive from here to Oakland, brother. That's what I'm saying. It's about the same <laughs> distance. Traffic is ridiculous. Yeah, this ain't no joke. I thought it was, I thought our traffic was something, but it's not the same dynamic. It's not even the same creature. You'll see when you get out here. Oh, I've been out there. I've seen it. It's crazy. It's not even. I don't even like it. Yeah, it's like a parking lot going both directions. I've hours. never seen nothing like it. Yeah. Don't how do you have traffic going every direction? Yeah, how, how is traffic in every direction? I'm, I'm still trying to figure that out. But hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually, hey, like, in the city, it's like, man, I came out here to relocate because, you know, it was an easier way of life, you know what I'm saying? I had to put the uh, the shield and sword down for a minute and start focusing on this thing. You know, the city is a kind of cruel place. You got to have all your shells and everything up to par, and you can't do much, too much studying there. The library is condemned, so I need to come somewhere where I can go to a law library. And plus, the, the library is condemned? Here, so. Damn there, you know, they ain't got too many libraries. They shutting the schools down. Yeah, man. I know they, people leaving Chicago like it's nothing. I'm talking about this, this yeah, you broke, can, Illinois is broke, all types of stuff. Yeah, you you gotta you gotta branch out and then you can reach back type of demonstration, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. that's what you gotta do. Branch out and come back. So yeah, so I'm trying to I, see like uh can I, can I talk to you off the demo? Because I know you probably can't answer some, some real D, DTCC questions on the air. So I had a couple of <laughs> questions I wanted to ask you. Because I'm saying, yeah, since just, you didn't put yourself me. up on that plaque, talking about you the mic with the 2 3, I got some questions. Nah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Email me. Shoot me an email. You got my email. Let's get in off of, you know, okay. off the public. Okay, all right. Indeed. I'll be so looking for you. You said, Aziz, brother Aziz. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be under the E Akna. I'm gonna say it's Aziz because you got the admin. What does it say? Welcome to foundation.com, right? Yeah, admin at. You got to use that at symbol. Okay, at. That's what I was thinking. Okay, at. Welcome to foundation.com. Welcome to the foundation. Oh, D. See, yeah, yeah. Like welcome. It's like what I, you know, if you walked in, I'd be like, "Welcome to the foundation." You'd be like, "Cool, fam." I'd be like, "Yeah." Yeah, I'm just yeah that's real clever. That's real clever. <laughs> Who thought about that? Man, I just came up with it. Off the top, huh? I didn't. So you think you're a rapper? You're yeah, a rapper I mean, too, huh? 
Nah, nah, I don't. Nah, nah. <laughs> he said you're a rapper. Hey, everybody out here rap, brother. You need to be out here. This the this Hollywood city. Everybody out here rap, dance, do showbiz, do something. You hardly run into somebody that just say they just a, a local average Joe. Everybody's that dude. So I'm a private out here. private wealth consultant, and I focus on not gonna say. corporate corporate structure and wealth management. Yeah, they not gonna say they in the private. That's what they not gonna say. They all in the public, all in the way, all in the way. All right, I'm gonna try to send well, you, you calling in, in the yeah. next hour. So, all right, you be okay, safe. Yeah, thanks for calling in. I'm gonna get to the Peace. next call. Appreciate you, Peace. family. Peace. All right. Peace. L.A. via Chicago. I like to see people doing their dance. My family grinding. Next caller, five zero one six two eight one. Don't play with me now. Peace. What's your name? Where you calling from? Peace, brother. So this is TJ calling from Arkansas. What's going on with you? Hey, TJ, how you doing? I'm doing well. All right, all right. Hey, man, you had mentioned a couple of investments like real estate and stock. And uh, the, on the precious metal thing, what's the concept of investing in precious metal? Because I can understand why people would invest in real estate. I can understand why they would invest in stock. But I'm a little confused on the precious metal type thing. Well, precious metals preserve your wealth. So they're not subject to inflationary measures or uh, monetization measures. They're, you know, they they preserve your overall purchasing power of the energy that was converted. So that's number one. That's why you invest in it. But um, number, number two, you know, taking advantage of, you know, swings in the precious metals markets is possible and you know i know a lot of people who do it uh, particularly i know people who take advantage of the swings between the um, gold and silver ratio um as well as you know platinum and not too long ago around the i think it was around 2008 an ounce of rhodium reached a little over ten thousand dollars so at that time mm-hmm. investors those who had rhodium were exchanging out of rhodium and taking their positions in gold and silver. So it's more of a long-term play if you're looking at investing in precious metals, but you know, a private family estate is a long-term entity with a long-term cause. So given a long enough timeline, it makes complete sense as long as it's only a portion of the allocation of the investments. Okay, so are you are you doing it like you would do stock, or are you like really buying the actual metal and you like holding it for some advancement later on down the line or something like that? Oh, just the the metal and just holding it. You know, I like to take possession mm-hmm. or have it um, in the possession of a third party. You know, like a safety deposit box or something like that. I don't get involved in futures or you know paper assets or promises. Uh, you know, gold and silver. I like the tangible asset itself. Okay. So the name of the game is pretty much like don't get too much involved in paper assets to try to do the tangible. But... Right, because you lack control. That's what, you know, there's a lack of control in the um, assets, policies, how they're being valued, inflationary pressures, market pressures, so on and so forth. There's a lack of control okay. in that. So. 
Okay. All right, my man. I'm going to hold you. I'm going to let you get to the next call. No problem. Appreciate, Appreciate you. you. Thanks for calling in. Good. Oh, my pleasure. No problem. My pleasure. Have, have a great evening. Peace. You too. Peace and blessings. Peace. Right. Good question. I like those questions, you know. Great question. And I know, you know, there's definitely people, you know, who are listening, who, you know, may may have had those questions and maybe not have thought of them or, you know, definitely learn from that. So definitely appreciate people who call in, you know, with their questions because while you're getting your question answered, you're more than likely allowing someone else to learn something. I'm going to the next caller, man. I, you know, I'm very humbled, especially recently. You know, there's so many callers on the call. I, I, I'm concerned that the, the blog talk is going to cut us off. But I'm sure everything is cool. So we're going to the next caller. What we got? Who we got? I'm bringing Brian from the Bay. Peace. Biggity Brian from the Bay. What's good, fam? What's good? How you doing? Hello? Oh, I'm good, man. I'm good. Uh, just uh, enjoying the show, of course. Just learn. Always good to learn. And, uh, uh, man, the whole thing about the endowments, that makes sense, you know, because, uh, you know, kind of like, in a way, help that in that uh, because they need funding, and on top of that, you get ability to kind of dictate your children to you know, them learning stuff underneath. You know, the people that you actually put money into that uh, organization, as far as uh, college or whatnot. So you gotta kind of, kind of. I mean, you kind of, like me, kind of get. Uh, I hate to say it, but like first dibs on who you deal with and who you do it because you are you are helping that. And on top of that, you get something out of it because they use your funds to be able to build um, the institution. Therefore, when they get people to come in and um, buy, uh, you know, to learn education, you get a percentage out of that. You know, so you're kind of helping people in a weird way that don't want to help. Because they were taught that. That's the way I, you know, I might be wrong. That's why I'm feeling something back. You know, the best education is private ed- education. So no, no public aspect. But, you know, we need to start worrying about buying shoes and whatnot. Start learning how to learn it, how this stuff is operated so we can be able to create our wealth. You know? I agree. You know, and I definitely, you know, with this show, I want to give people something to think about, even if you've never thought about, you know, these specific concepts, you know, with regards to preserving and growing, you know, your private wealth when it, you know, when it comes to your state. So, yeah, definitely. That's good. That's what's up. And uh, as far as the other brother who's in L.A., yeah, man, I'll vouch for you. You know, since I've been messing with you, I'm, you know, moving quicker and smarter and better than if I would have just 
not took the time to spend the energy on people to use my energy, you know, the energy that you've been putting out, you know, and the back, you know, I gave you my, my energy. And, it's, you know, right now, I'm just staying off. So, you know, for the brother that was in Chicago and L.A., you know, I'll say, you know, you actually better than Jordan because you're not trying to screw people out of their money like he said. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny, man. Man, that was. I love that was funny. <laughs> yeah, you took it down, Jordan. Jordan, Jordan, he made people mad. <laughs> yeah. Oh man! Like the man said, like the man said, he was taking people money, but you ain't trying to take people money because you're trying to help create their money. Because it's supposed to be or create this this paper and stuff, you know, to, for us to actually use it. Because, you know, in the, in the long run, business, everybody. Because you know, if I'm doing cool, you're doing cool, then you got a person to operate business. You don't have to deal with people that you feel like ain't really shady because you already, already help these people get into a better position. So, you know, that's the way I look at it. You know, we got to, you know, keep one, keep one. And I'm just trying to learn what I can. And, you know, like learn about all this stuff as far as the, uh, proper um, educating the heirs and proper well stewardship or trust administration is detrimental to this to the estate it's a mouthful but it's absolutely true I gotta think of a way to shorten that but that was the only way I could come up with you know actually saying what I was thinking it's kind of long winded but it's absolutely true well you know I was I, I like to say this Try to get to right, you know through the rest of these callers, man. I appreciate you calling in as always, man. Uh, you know, you. peace and blessings, man. I'll talk to you soon. I'm actually gonna call you. I'm gonna call you tomorrow. All right. You said that last time. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm gonna call you though. I'm gonna call you. I wrote it down. <laughs> you a busy man. Right, I ain't man. <laughs> nah, it's cool, it's cool. <laughs> ah, all right, man. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace. All right, man. <laughs> oh, man. You're going to call me out <laughs> on my show? You're going to call me out on my show? No, nah, I'm just playing. That's why I love that dude, man, because he don't pull no punches, man. He keep it real, and I respect real, man. Straight up. That's my brother Brian from the Bay. 
with the deal with the deal. Peace, Daryl. What's up, so? Hey, peace. Uh, how you doing? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, I'm all right. All right. Yeah, everything's all right. I'm just playing a different numbers game now. You know. Um, the number uh-huh. game I'm playing is more. Pro- I'm playing a different number game now. You know, um, the number game I'm playing now is like more like to the private. You know, on the public side, you know, you're giving them five days and you only have them two days for yourself. You know, so and you know, a lot of people putting in all them years and some of them retiring after they retiring, they dying. You know, you know, they printing twenty years at a job, they can't retire today. Like, you know, sixty something or you know, twenty five years in. You know, and they only have two days for themselves, you know, for 25 years or 40 years. I ain't, I ain't trying to go out like that, you know. I'm looking to give myself more time, you know. A lot of people with five days, they only have two days for themselves. So um, I'm changing up the number game, you know. That's my attitude now, you know. I like that. So how you doing? I'm doing very well. I, yeah. I have no complaints. No, yeah. Can you imagine that? Some you give it. You're giving somebody five days a week for 25 uh-huh. years, you know, or 40 years, and you only got two days for yourself to make it happen, you know, uh, to enjoy friends and family, you know. Nah, I ain't, I ain't you know, I'm going to enjoy my friends and family more than, I'm going to give my friends and family more days, you know. That That's why every day right. is all right, you know, that, you know. And you doing all right? Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. That's good. That's good. That's yes, good. sir. How about yeah. you, man? I'm all right. I'm, good. Okay. I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. yeah, everybody's all right. Everybody's all right. The ones I hear from, everybody's all right. <laughs> okay. okay. You know, everybody's okay. Yeah. Um, I'm going to let you take the next caller. Um, you know, you always can reach in, you know, contact me. You know how to reach me. Yeah. Um, oh, yes, sir. You say well, my brother. You stay well as well, man. Love you, man. Have a great night. I'll talk to you soon. I, I love you too. All right. All right, man. Peace. All right. Next caller, Sissy Yvette. Peace, sister. How you doing, Queen? God bless you, brother. Saw that old piece of the community, my kings and queens. I'm going to rattle this off real quick because I was listening to the whole conversation. Lifetime learning credits, that's what you take always because that's the lifetime of you going through your education in college or whatever educational secondary that you're going through. Tax credits for properties, co-ops, condos, houses, you get any place from 35 to 55%. On your taxes, claiming that, or for your taxes, whatever. If you have a co-op and you're paying $600 maintenance, some places will give you 35 to 55% off. Condos, some places will give you up to 80% to claim that off on the tax for the year. Okay, credit score, you need 620 for Habitat for Humanity. They will let you put... $1,500 down on your property. I know it's available in New York. All the listeners, y'all just got to do your due diligence, search your areas, because if you got a Habitat for Humanities out there, they will look out for you with a credit score of 620. Remember, when you all are going to these banks for these mortgages, you heard the score. 
700 or better, you got pristine credit, the bank's not going to blink twice. But if your debt to ratio is more than 38%, you are not going to get the loans. I don't care what credit score you got. Okay, make sure your debt to ratio is 38% or less. Okay, don't have no outstanding student loans. Don't have no medical bills that's on your credit. Don't have any charge-offs. Don't have no bankruptcy. Okay, next thing is safe deposit boxes are excellent for hiding precious metals. Cash you don't want nobody to find out about. Whatever assets, important documents, always bank safe deposit boxes. And the last thing I'm trying to remember, oh, my gosh, I, I wrote it. Oh, HSBC Home Buyers Program. Okay, and so, L for you, I got two scriptures for you in the community. Second Timothy 2, verses 20 and 21, Matthew 12. Verse 35 is for you, my brother. All is well. The ancestors are on the throne. Keep doing what you're doing. I'm hoping and praying that the community is listening. You saw all throughout this week, people are starting to protest. People not spending their money no more. They shutting it down with the NRA, and that's what the community needs to understand. You're looking in Hollywood where there's no more of the discrimination. It, it, what it is is enough is enough. Community, y'all got the power. It's been proven time and time again. We got liquid cash. You want to get these people's attention? Stop buying all these expensive sneakers, these cell phones, these cars, all that stuff. When I got pissed off with this whole election, when it was time for the, the holiday season, the Black Friday, I shut it down. I wasn't spending the dime. You know why? You need my money. You count my money. So if I'm not going in there to spend the two, three, four, five, six hundred dollars for the grocery, I got your attention. Because you know what? If enough of us do that, they're going to catch it. But the thing about it is, we got to learn to cut it off because where it is, we got to do like our ancestors, our generations before us. When they got tired of the foolishness back in the 60s, what did they do? They stopped buying the cars. They stopped going in the stores. They started walking. They wasn't riding the buses. See, if you want to catch people's attention, you got to stop spending your money because we work the hardest. They don't want to give us credit. And the thing about it is they hide everything from us in black and white. What we need to do is be more proactive, learn how to buy trade lines to tack onto our personal credit, like how they do, and boost their credit. Because eventually they're going to take that off. Because they're starting to realize some of us are starting to catch up now. So the Dean community, start investing your money. Don't waste your tax money on foolishness. Invest in your future. Invest in the private. Invest in SOL. Welcome to the foundation. Do what you got to do. Oh, and the last thing. For the brother with the um, court case, if they dismiss your case without prejudice, 
That means you can take the case back. You just got to make sure you find a case that's exactly like your case that was dismissed. My brother, Sawyer, peace to you, the community, the kings and the queens. Our pleasure as always. <laughs> All right. Appreciate you, sister. There you, you go. I sure wind it all in one breath. Have a blessed one, Salt Al. I'll talk to you next week. <laughs> that was great. Talk to you soon. Peace and blessings, sister. All right. Peace and blessings. All right. We got the brother Mello Bay. Mello, you good? We're great. I'm talking. Can you hear me, brother? Yes, sir. Can you hear you? Yes sir, yes sir. Indeed, indeed, indeed. You know, from the from the primordial waters of chaos derived order. So, yes sir. You know what I mean? We're here, you know what I'm saying, practicing balance and divine harmony. You know what I'm saying, at the same time. These are these are principles that we have to put in place and uh Jamal just wanna give thanks, man. Such the event came through with a bunch of jewels. I'm like, man, I got to go back in the archive. That was unexpected, <laughs> man. Did. So it's a, yeah, it's it's a surprise. The element of surprise told <laughs> something, you know what I mean? So that 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 was definitely something like, whoa, it came, she came with a cut. She came she came hard on us, man, like firm-hearted, man. So it's all good, but it, it's grateful. I'm thankful, man. We need that. We need that, though, you know what I'm saying? But uh, appreciate it, though, that. Thankful for the, for the insurance information, and uh, you know what I'm saying definitely on uh, how to maneuver and utilize that those particular you know what I'm saying um, you know what I'm saying devices set up and whatnot. So I appreciate that brother definitely man for that and the brother that coming through you know uh, with the information about about in Chicago and, and whatnot you know what I'm saying. But the the beautiful thing about what I got out of that, honestly, just to be brief, it's, it's relationships. See when you when you make it and you 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 get to a predominant time in your life when when you shining and you on top you know what I'm saying and you getting all of this you know what I'm saying you gotta recognize the people that made you that gave you their energy they they helped to create you and therefore they're like you in agreement with your people when you make it you still in agreement with your people so we gotta recognize we in a contractualized you know what I'm saying type of relationship whether we recognize or not when we make it. You know what I'm saying? That's the ordeal about it. You know what I'm saying? Celebrities and all, they're still in the contractual agreement with their people who, who you know what I'm saying, which that helps create their views, you know what I'm saying, and support them and whatnot and all that. So that that's an agreement we got to keep in mindset, man. Be mindful of that. And, you know, when you like that, the relationships, you know what I'm saying, is more better, man. You know, Jordan, he recognized what he did. He know put him there, you know what I'm saying. He, he know Chicago. He recognized that. But you got to deal with that. That's indebted. You know what I'm saying? That's indebted to the people. You know what I'm saying? So that's just what that is. You know what I'm saying? I appreciate that, though. You know, I got that out of that, man. And, uh, you know, it's just, it is what it is, brother. You know what I'm saying? Definitely appreciate it, though. You know what I'm saying? We here. You know what I'm saying? And uh, we definitely we definitely persevering. You know what I'm saying? So uh, give thanks. Give thanks for all. Give thanks for everything, brother. You know what I'm saying? Uh Whatever you got, whatever you got to bring to the next show, you know what I'm saying. Uh, we definitely gonna, we definitely on it, man. You know what I'm saying. Add to it, you know what I'm saying. I'm gonna start actually just stocking up my archive. I got a specific, uh, you know what I'm saying, drive just for the foundation. 
And that's what we got to start doing, organizing our, you know what I'm saying, different things and whatnot, setting up portfolios and getting, you know what I'm saying, getting more diverse with things, what I'm trying to say, you know what I'm saying? So definitely, brother, you know what I'm saying, putting everything in the proper position where it won't be taxed, parasites get to it, eat it up, you know what I'm saying, protect your wealth, you know what I'm saying, protect your wealth, you know what I'm saying, true wealth is real health, that's just what it is, man. Stop trying to outlive your wealth, stop trying to outlive your money. Stop doing that. That's not wise, family. We got an estate to set up. We got heirs who we got to inherit things. You know, stop playing. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, let's get it, though. You know? And with that, you know what I'm saying? I digress. You know what I'm saying? My brother, you know what I'm saying? So, L, seeker of the truth. It's the foundation again. You know what I'm saying? Tuning in to the best of the best. You know what I'm saying? Uh, no, no disrespect to the rest, but you know how we do it over here. We're dealing trust, baby. Everything is contractual and everything is private. So, you know what I'm saying? Uh, anything other than that would be less than civilized, brother. You know what I'm saying? So, with that being said, peace, man. Peace to you and yours, brother. Peace to the nation, man. We here. No matter Bay. I'm out. Hey. Peace. Family, appreciate you. Peace to the guys, man. Have a great one. Thanks for adding to the platform. Yes, sir. As always. Peace. Peace. All right, y'all, that's it. I can't, you know, come on, all these callers. I, I got to go. Um, once again, I'm concerned that they're going to cut the show off. But with that being said, I do want to thank you for, you know, being here for this episode of The Foundation. I definitely want to thank, you know, all the live callers, High Frequency Radio Network, Yusuf L, as well as all the, you know, callers who added to the show. But I do want to say this. When we think about making, because I'm thinking about that when my man was talking about Jordan stuff, what is really making it? And what is the platform that we make it to? Is that platform the state bar? Is it the NFL, the NHL, the NBA, or is it Hollywood? Either way, making it, in my opinion, from what we conceptually consider, is to generate a certain amount of money on someone else's platform. And we expect these individuals to reach back to communities and so on and so forth. But who do they really owe? Maybe they owe the NFL, the NBA, Hollywood, or the state bar if they're in a lawyer and not where they came from. Because that platform is where they're generating that income from at that level. And they need to honor that platform. Such is the way we need to honor our family platform and preserving our family wealth. And I trust in, in, in I go so far as to presume that you did gain something from this episode. If not some specific information, but possibly a different way to think about the same things that we think about every day that assists in a positive change or reaction in our everyday lives as well as the lives of those that we hold dear. So with that being said, I definitely want to thank you once again for checking out the foundation. Definitely email me admin at welcome to the foundation dot com. Let's chop it up in the private. Welcome to the foundation dot com at the very least sign up for the email list. It's the least you could do. I'm just playing, but I'm not joking. I love y'all. I expect that you take care of yourself, that you continue to enjoy yourself, 
and enjoy the, the beautiful things that are around you while you prepare to leave after you're gone, at least an option for those after you to enjoy beautiful things as well. And with that being said, and in the name of my family's last name, I bid you peace, love, blessings, and happiness. Until next week, peace to the God. High Frequency Radio.